Welcome to Peers Like Me, a podcast hosted by Western New York Independent Living. Today, our guest is Erica Miller, Systems Advocate, Independent Living of Niagara County. Our host is Maura Kelly, the voice of the individuals WNYIL serve. Hello, welcome to Peers Like Me. Peers Like Me is a regularly updated podcast developed to increase understanding of the effects of behavioral health issues on our families, neighbors, and communities. Peers Like Me is designated to increase meaningful community inclusion of individuals with and is created by people severely impacted by lifetime behavioral health issues. Our hope is that by sharing our knowledge and experiences with the, the issues, our community will gain better understanding and acceptance by others, resulting in an improved quality of life for everyone, including people with disabilities. Hello, my name is Maura Kelly, and I'm the Western New York Independent Living Behavioral Health Peer Liaison. Welcome to the Peers Like Me podcast. Today, we are very um, excited to welcome our guest, Erica Miller, from the West New York Independent Living of Niagara County. Um, uh, Erica Miller is a systems advocate, and she is here to talk to us about her role in the Niagara County uh, uh, system of care. Uh, welcome, Erica. Hi, Maura. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so, Erica, what... Where, what do you want? Uh, so I thought thought you do some great work in Niagara County. Do you want to share with our listeners what you do in Niagara County? So sure, absolutely. So um, as Mara said, I'm the systems advocate. Uh, what that means is that um, I deal with advocacy at a systems level. What is a system? A system is like um, housing transportation, um, voting rights, uh, domestic violence advocacy, all kinds of things that related to um, systems that impact disabled people. So, so groups of people, government funding, like entities, not just individual needs, but group needs? So Right. So if, for instance, you're finding that a landlord is being discriminatory to a bunch of disabled people within their building um that would be a systems issue at that level and i would help the entire um the the tenants of that entire building not necessarily just one specific person um you know i i don't work really work with people on an individual level okay so if a group of people in a hundred uh, unit apartment building and uh there's people were seeing a, a trend of discri- discriminatory practices against certain people certain disabilities you would be able to uh, look at that and address the needs as a group of tenants not just one tenant Is that, yeah yep okay so all right so how long have you worked at the independent living of niagara county um, I joined ILNC in April of um, this year. Okay. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm shy of a year. Really, I um, thought it was longer than that. Um, you know, it feels longer just because I'm you know getting comfortable with my community, getting comfortable yeah. with my coworkers and Winnell and. It just kind of feels like I've been here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe I've been here too long. But what I found interesting, we were at a meeting 
with the West New York Independent Board of Directors Public Policy Committee. And you were sharing what you were doing in Niagara County that was very simple and like a no-brainer, but it was very impactful in the community. So what what's an average day? What 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 goes on? Like I, in the board me in the subcommittee of the board, you're talking about accessible parking. So can you share? Do you remember that you shared about how? Uh, so what, how did that process work? Um, well, so to answer your first question, I don't have a typical day. Okay. Um, because different issues hit you in different times, and you have, really have to be, um, you have to have your head on a swivel to be prepared for what's going to happen. Right. Um, something could happen very, very quickly. So um, in reference to what you're talking about, though, um, so wait a minute. So, like, you just don't go to work a nine to five and it's over. Is that so? Well, so, um, my job is to work for disability, but at the end of the day, after the job is done, I'm still a disabled person. Right. But so, but like, there's meetings in the evenings and on weekends and yeah, events. Yeah. So it's just not show up and be done. You know, there's not an end time. Is that? So. Not necessarily, um, you know, my, my job is just to be up in what's going on in the community and what's going on with our, uh, with our people and making sure that we're addressing those issues before they get much, much worse. Right. Um, and you did mention you, you go home and you have a disability too, so yep. it, you, the job yep. just doesn't matter. why at independent living were people with disabilities helping people with disabilities so yeah. it's not like a someone that just works in the field and you know goes home and has their family and you know a break from it all like people with disabilities don't get a break so right right you, you definitely always have to be aware of what's going on in your surroundings right Right, right. So I know for many people, getting in and out of places just to have a regular day are huge obstacles for people. And you address that. But So can you share the experience uh, that, that you had, I think this summer, that someone had a complaint about uh, a restaurant? So. Yes. So um, out in Niagara County, there was a uh, complaint for, from community members about a restaurant that did not have um, wheelchair accessible parking um, and they didn't have a, a uh, accessible restaurant themselves. Um, so I went over to investigate. I found 
some issues. Um, there was some, some striping issues. Uh, striping um, meaning that the, the driveway, the parking lot wasn't, uh, had the yellow lines correct. Yeah, yeah the, the, there was not um, proper markage for, like, where, here's your accessible space. Right. Um, so if, if that's not designated, it looks like they don't have any. Um, we talked to the owner. Uh, the owner said, well, I don't own the parking lot. It's the, um, the locality that owns the parking lot. So I had then had to go to the town and say, here's where this restaurant is. Here's what the problem is. How do we fix it? Right. And the end result uh, was, that they were very willing to fix it, but because it was, you know, at the end of summer, they were no longer in the schedule of doing construction. So they said that they would put it um, on their list for next spring, yeah. where it would be much better um, outside accommodations for them to be able to do this kind of construction that was needed. Right. So basically all you had to do is say, hey, this, this isn't correct. So it wasn't picketing or, you know, a leg, act of legislation. It was just informing the owner and the, the property, you know, so like, you know, this is, but just sharing that information to the property owner is going to like really help a lot of people. Just so. Yeah, absolutely. And um, advocacy is not just getting in people's faces and yelling and protesting. Right, right. There are multi-prongs to this attack. You can write letters, you can talk to legislators, um, you can go to the business owners first and say, hey, noticing this problem at your business, what can we do to, to, to get this fixed ASAP? Um, you know, there are different ways that you can try. The best thing that you can always do, very, the very first thing, is just inform them of a problem. Because chances are, they're not disabled and they don't know. Right. So I have a question. So do you know if part of learning the Americans with Disability Act is part of school curriculum in grammar school and high school? Is, is there any, uh, do you know if there's any teachings on understanding, you know, the, uh, on what's accessible and equal for people with disabilities? Because I know that there's understanding of other marginalized groups there's education like do you know if that's if that's what happens with people with um, disabilities in the ADA um, as far as education in schools goes uh, it's my understanding that they really just talk about um, you know the ADA very briefly um, and go yeah. from there and focus on the general American history right um, but that is a measure that we've been trying to change in Niagara and Erie counties by reaching out to the schools and asking right. them to include disability history. So there's no, so we shouldn't assume as taxpayers and community members that people just know the regulations of the ADA. Because it's not like a law, it's not like if you, I know if I run a stop sign, I get a ticket. But that's not the, the way the Americans with Disability Act is, is it? So... So, um, I think that a lot of people know 
the ADA by name, but they may not necessarily know what all is in it. Right. So if I'm, yeah. So I'm just thinking of all the people that start restaurants. Like how how do they know? How would they know what's accessible or not? Like where do they get that education? It's from us, right? Is that? Well, so there are regulations that they would need to follow in um, codes and building um, codes. You know, local ordinances and things like that that they would just need to um, be compliant on. Um, but as far as like all of the inner workings of the ADA, a lot of times um, I've spoken to store owners or restaurant owners or e even people who own malls, right. and they don't necessarily know, um, hey, in your bathroom, the, the paper towel holder is much too high up. Right. They don't realize until you bring the issue to them. Right. So in my un understanding, it's always better to start with an education of um, saying don't go in assuming that they're just being this big giant jerk right go in and say hey there's this issue it's by currently violating the eda here's you know the information that you can look at to see what you need to do to be compliant and then go from there if they ignore right. you at that point then you can right. progress it so, so I'm just thinking to add to what you're saying is that I, I, what, it's like I assume that they should know, but really how would they know unless someone brings it to their attention? So th they probably aren't just being curmudgeons, you know, maybe, you know, just start with uh, assuming that they just don't know, you know, so. in the person with a disability's feet, you can be part of the solution. So I, I know for me, if I'm hungry, I can't wait to get to the restaurant to order soup or whatever, and I go in, it's like, wait, I can't even get in. I can't even get through the door. That, like, heightens my little anxiety tons, you know? So, so yeah. or I go to the bathroom and I can't wash my hands. Or I can't go to the bathroom. So. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's just part of your day. That's, it is. Yeah. So creative solutions that we found, because I really don't like to go in with problems without at least a few suggestions. Right. Um, Key. So whenever you have a problem, come up with a solution before it. Yeah, that's great, Erica. Yeah. So. I mean, the onus of responsibility is not really on the disabled person to figure out everything, but... There are people who are more susceptible in conversation if you have at least something to suggest to um, address the issue. So what I've done in the past is if a restaurant's unaccessible and there, maybe there's stairs, um, 
if they don't already offer a delivery service, then why not? And then right. maybe um, give free service to disabled people who live in your area. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Niagara County, and I know we have Niagara County listeners. What have you heard or see yourself as systems issues in Niagara County, the, you know, the tourist capital of, the, of New York State or, you know, outside of New York City? What, what are people presenting to you or what do you see are the highest needs in Niagara County for um, disability community, our, our community? Um, the, the number one issue that I've been hearing, honestly, is housing. There's not enough um, accessible housing in Niagara County for folks. Um, and on top of it, even if there were, it's either subsidized where not everyone would qualify mm -hmm. or um, it's too expensive. The, price, the pricing for housing for rentals is so exorbitantly high um, that there are a lot of people in our community being left out because they don't have that kind of money. So where are they left if they're left out? Where, where are they and like if they don't have housing, what happens? So if someone doesn't have housing, they either have to stay where they are, which might not be safe, mm -hmm. or um, if they they choose to leave, or if they have to leave, then they may up, end up in a shelter, which is not necessarily always accessible to the mm -hmm. individual, um, or safe, honestly. Right. Or if they don't choose either of those options, they're going to end up on the street. Right. Yeah, that's or not good. Yeah. And more and more people are becoming homeless with disabilities. I know that from the uh, the New York uh, Home Housing Alliance for Western New York. What other issues? There's housing. What other issues are Niagara County residents facing? Um, a big one for Niagara County is transportation. Okay. Uh, when you live in one of the suburbs uh, in Niagara County, um, it can be very difficult for you to get around because of limited service. So, um, so if you live in like Lockport, Randolph, uh, not Rand uh, Otto, if you live there, like... Yeah, honestly, if you live outside of um, the, the city of Niagara Falls, you're probably going to find a tougher time, um, which impacts everything in your life it impacts being able to get groceries it impacts being able to have attended services because if you live much further out it's going to be harder to find an attendant that's going to come out to get you right or to work with you um and the reason is um it's too big of a distance for people who have cars and maybe it's a outside of a service area for the the public bus all right, so if, if, if I'm a person with a disability and I live in outside the city and I need a personal carry, an attendant, it'd be more difficult because transportation can't get that attendant to your living. All right, and then you probably can't get anywhere if you need public transportation. Is that like a double-edged? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're functionally trapped with no no real access to the outside world. And not only is that gonna impact your health, but it's gonna impact your mental health too. Right. Because 
you can only struggle with a system for so long before you start feeling depressed about the issue. So, so if I'm living in rural Nyer County, and I have a physical a disability that physically prevents me from doing things, I might be stuck in my home and unable to get assistance to just live to my home. Right. So yeah. those are dire consequences. So. Yeah, and honestly, it doesn't even really stop there. I mean, housing and transportation are just two of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, but there are other issues, too. Like, we just had our uh, election time, and um, voting rights is a, is a big systems issue as well right now, um, where people's rights are being impeded by um, not being able to access uh, voting machines, not being able to... To get to the voting machines? Right? Yeah. You know, so. um, housing and transportation really impact right. every part of your life. And a lot of these systems issues outside of those two, they link together. Right. So even citizenship, because of disabilities, physical disabilities, or any disabilities, it prevents you basically from being in the community, from having housing, from getting services or having services. And that's a dire situation. That's, and uh, I don't think people know about that. Do you, are you coming across that? People just don't comprehend or understand or have no grasp of the situation? Um, I think that the amount of people who are constantly shocked by what I have to tell them is shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're like, you don't know about this when you struggle every moment of your day. I must, you know, it's, it's always an issue. It is always an issue, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And working with entities um, that are supposed to provide these services for the community um, is not always successful. Right. They don't always have the money or the structure to be able to continue to find resources right. for our community. Right. And if that's what they're there for, then who on earth do you then turn to? Right. And so other groups claim discrimination based on being a protected class of citizenship and there is a lot of discrimination here total discrimination that people don't even know about that they don't consider but you as a human being in America have rights and you are not allotted those rights because of discriminating or not inclusive laws or actions in our community, in Niagara County. So, yep. Yep. All right. What can we do? How can we all band together uh, to move the needle? How, how do we address this? So for a regular Joe that just lives in Niagara and Erie County, mm -hmm. take your city council to task. All right. Reach out locally. Talk or get a meeting with your mayor. And just say, listen, this is the issues that I'm seeing or I'm having in the community. 
Right. And I bet you, you're not the only one that has these issues. I bet you that um, they will have received other calls from other people. Right. But if you don't make the call and assume that somebody else is going to do it, then your voice isn't being heard. Right. And what I've known in our disability world is that we should not silo our disabilities. We should not say, oh, well, you know, that doesn't bother me. Because the stronger we we come together, the stronger our voice. So, yeah. so I've seen people with other disabilities speak up for people with my disability. So we all need to chip in. right? And, and how can people learn about the Americans with Disabilities Act? Where can we go to learn about that more? To find out what is regulated, what's appropriate, what's what's supposed to be the way it's supposed to be. I think the, the best and easiest resource is ADA.gov. Okay. Uh, I think that if you just did a, a, did a Google for the Americans with Disabilities Act, you'll find not only really useful information that's in the act, but you'll also find a, a lot of really neat history of how did we get there, um, you know, what acts were taken by disability activists um, to finally get to the signing of the ADA because um, there are a lot of really important and frankly neat stories out there about individuals who fought hard for this. So historical stories. Thank you so much, Erica, for uh, spending time with us. We're, we're, we're almost out of time, but um, please you've agreed to do a part two to talk about your advocacy uh, history and existence. And so thank you for doing part one of Peers Like Me with Erica Miller. And stay tuned. We will be following up with part two with Erica Miller, uh, the lessons learned from, a, from an advocate in the trenches. Thank you so much, Erica. You've been listening to Peers Like Me, a podcast that explores issues related to behavioral health, sponsored by Western New York Independent Living, Inc., with the assistance of the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Today, our guest has been Erica Miller, Systems Advocate, Independent Living of Niagara County. Our host has been Maura Kelly.